0: Joe, look, these people believe that the Draconians are attacking their spaceships, right? Right. We know that they're wrong, don't we?
1: Well, yes, it was Ogrons.
0: Well, we also know that the Ogrons couldn't possibly have created that hallucinatory device that makes the Earthmen think they're Draconians.
1: Oh. Oh, well, that's simple, then. I mean, all we've got to do is find out what's going on, who's behind the Ogrons, where they've taken the TARDIS, go and get it back, and then we can all go home. Right? Right. Oh. I don't know what I've been worrying about. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we are going to be watching Frontier in Space. Frontier in Space was written by Malcolm Hulk, directed by Paula Bernard, produced by Barry Letts, and aired February 24th, 1973 to March 31st, 1973. Do you recognize the name Malcolm Hulk? Recognize, yes. I'll give you a gold star if you can name one of the things he's written.
0: The War Machines.
1: No. 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 Uh, Close though, because he he co wrote the War Games.
0: Ah, so I got the
1: War part. He got the War part. Uh, He also co wrote The Faceless Ones. And then he wrote The Silurians, Colony in Space, and The Sea Devils. And then he did rewrites on Ambassadors of Death.
0: Okay. So,
1: not bad. Some bangers. Some bangers, some not-so-great ones. Yeah, so there's two Doctor Who stories that I remember that I watched in high school and I absolutely loved. And I always held them up as, like, the pinnacle of what I thought of as classic Who episodes. One of them was Doctor Who and the Silurians, which I remembered... Basically just the ending, <laughs> let's be perfectly honest here, um, and didn't actually hold up to to nostalgic scrutiny. This is the other one. This is the other one that I remember being really fucking good. I could not tell you a single thing that happens in it. <laughs> so, like, I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's not another the Silurians <laughs>
0: I'm surprised that of the two, like Enemy of the World wasn't one of them. Did you did dumb high school mac watch that and not be blown away? I don't think
1: that one was available at the time. Oh. I think that sense. I think that one was lost at the time I watched it and it was one of the ones that was like recovered later. I think it was recovered in like my freshman or sophomore year of college.
0: Oh, so was that one we watched together?
1: Uh yeah. That was the first time I watched it. This podcast. Oh. No. Yeah, I the more I'm thinking about it and I don't know if this is like throwing the entire premise of the show completely under the bus but the more I think about it I think I remember I would go on the Doctor Who wiki to like read the little prompt at the beginning like tiny little synopsis and like if it was something that seemed either cool or significant like if a companion left or a doctor was regenerating or whatever I would definitely watch it. Otherwise, it would be like a, this seems interesting, I'll watch this one. I feel like I remember skipping some. I don't quite remember. It was over a decade ago, so my memory's a little fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Only one way to find out. Basically, my point is that a lot of these feel like the first time I'm watching them. And I cannot remember if they are actually the first time I'm watching them or not. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Caleb... Uh, given everything you know about Doctor Who, and given the title of this episode, Frontier in Space, what do you think this episode's going to be about? We're doing space cowboys. I wish the
0: show was that cool.
1: Doctor Who, Cowboy Bebop crossover. (laughs) I'm fucking down
0: for it. I had an idea. It's basically the space pirates. So the space pirates, but good they're gonna be exploring the final frontier that is space and there's gonna be uh some outlaw renos. they're gonna wrangle up some uh space cows and the doctor's gonna be like we gotta go get those space cows at back let's uh rustle them up and um the TARDIS uh I don't know the TARDIS is a saloon
1: <laughs> the TARDIS is a saloon there's something there with TARDIS and tarnation but I can't quite (laughs) i can't quite mash them together in my head but i know there's something there give me a minute
0: maybe by the time we get back from thinking about watching this episode we'll have it
1: maybe i'm probably going to go back to where i recorded last time because i feel like it sounds like i have a cold because i'm trying so hard to keep my voice low because i have i'm such an in an echoey corner and uh I can already tell that the audio is going to sound like absolute garbage. So I'm probably going to go back to where I was before. Uh, so look forward to that in a couple seconds for you. But it'll be a couple weeks for us, a couple weeks for us probably. Only one way to find out. So I guess on that note, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. <laughs> And we're back may have just been a couple seconds for you but it was 11 days for us look if we can't get it like one-to-one day to episode i would have preferred it if it was like two to one so like twice as many days it's just like my (laughs) my number loving brain would have really appreciated that 11 is just wrong (laughs) 11 is just wrong it's prime and it makes me feel gross (laughs) (laughs) i hate prime numbers Stay tuned when it takes us thirteen days for the next episode. <laughs> I have an intense distrust of prime numbers. <laughs> but yeah, frontier in space. We've literally talked absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, not a single word. Uh, so I'm actually I'm genuinely curious, Caleb. What did you think of frontier in space? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked it. I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. And, it, and it's not it is no longer in that, uh,
0: yeah, I like it, like, it was fine. Like, I didn't want to off myself the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> or, like, hey, I didn't think about that, so it was pretty good. I was actually like, hey, I like this episode. It's yeah. not quite enemy of the world. No,
1: no, no. So few things are. But it it feels much more like a first half, second Doctor story. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. It almost, almost... Cracked my top five. It didn't quite do that. We'll see if that changes by the end of this of this podcast episode. Um, but no, I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same boat for the most part. I uh, I enjoyed this one. Why do I feel like I'm totally forgetting something? Uh,
0: you usually do pre-show or like post-viewing notes.
1: Yeah, I kind of have one, but I'm gonna save it for the end because it's kind of a downer. Oof. So, uh, yeah, I'll we'll save that one for the end. <laughs> Let's leave the buzzkill for the end of the party, not the beginning of it. How mysterious. <laughs> no, but for real, though, like, do we just dive in? For some reason, it feels like, it feels like I just got behind the wheel of a car, and I'm like, shit, what gear am I supposed to be in? Not everyone knows how to do everything, Mac. Not everyone <laughs>
0: knows how to drive. <laughs> this is uh, I Think You Should Leave podcast now. Sure. Mac, have you not watched I Think You Should Leave? I don't even know what that is. So, Oh, no. my God. It's one of those shows where you're either, like, really going to appreciate how weird it is or you are going to fucking hate it. There is absolutely <laughs> no... Mo- you, you either kind of like it or absolutely despise it, and I have no idea. I've thought it ever since I watched the show. I'm like,
1: how would Mac? what would Mac think about this? Because I can't breathe right now. Caleb, I mean absolutely no offense to you whatsoever, <laughs> but usually when you describe something like that, I don't like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to be at your apartment this weekend, so we're going to watch an episode or two and you can tell me what you think.
1: Sure, sure. Sounds good. And then you watch
0: me have a stroke on your couch.
1: (laughs) I think, okay, so I figured it out. I think the beginning of the podcast episode is usually when we give like vague hints of our opinions, but like, I kind of just want to talk about it, you know? yeah let's just do it let's get right in there you know what you know what let's just do it
0: crazy idea let's just talk about the episodes that you know what that sounds perfect and you know i was just thinking that and so i took the time to write out those little descriptions of each episode
1: Ugh, i love how we're on the same wavelength i hate us right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is a cringe episode already (laughs) Alright, I'm reading the first episode description. Episode 1. We open on a spaceship and its crew complaining about intergalactic politics. They see the TARDIS materialize in space and then quickly disappear. Turns out the TARDIS has fully materialized in the cargo area. Another ship approaches and it claims to represent a race called the Draconians. The aliens demand the humans surrender and let them aboard. They do not comply. When one of them leaves the bridge and encounters Joe and the doctor, He sees them as Draconians. On the flip side, Joe sees them as a Drashig, that stupid dinosaur thing from the last episode. Cut to Earth, where the Draconian ambassador accuses Earth and its government of raiding their ships. Cut back to the ship, and it's actually Ogren's attacking. However, when backup arrives, the human
1: crew insists they were attacked by Draconians, and Joe and the doctor are their spies. Yeah, the very top of this episode, I kind of relate to these guys of just like, sitting around having absolutely jack fucking shit to do and just kind of complaining about their job. (laughs) I relate to that. I get it. Big mood. And then the TARDIS almost crashes into the spaceship and then, you know, dematerializes. And then we cut to the inside of the TARDIS and the doctor explains all the super exciting shit that just happened and all the the nail-biting last-minute maneuvers he had to do in order to avoid it. Thank God he was there to explain all of that instead of, you know, showing it happening. Yep. My God. Mac, we don't have the budget to show things. You have the budget to shake the camera a little bit and have him shout, uh, uh, technobabble stuff. Lord knows we've done that in the past. Don't worry. The polarity will be reversed in this story. <laughs> I reversed the reverse polarity. One aspect, at, the, at least at the very top of this, that I really like was, like... The hallucination aspect where everyone's just kind of seeing stuff that isn't actually there. It kind of adds a bit of mystery and makes you wonder what exactly is happening. It, it becomes pretty clear pretty soon. But I do appreciate that it, the tension that it adds. Uh, what I don't appreciate is the annoying-ass sound that goes with it. Yeah, you mean the... <laughs> only, like, way more
0: high-pitched. Yeah, that was as high pitch as I can get. I'm just so manly. You're too
1: manly. <laughs> uh, you know what? Surprisingly forward-thinking of this story of the president of Earth being a woman. Genuinely was not expecting that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, good point. I guess I didn't realize until like three or four episodes in that she was the president. Mostly
1: because I don't pay attention. I was going to say, you had to have not been paying attention to realize that she's not, because they basically call her Madam President every other sentence. Uh, I, I guess not, but like
0: <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, yeah,
1: she's like some sort of ambassador or like <laughs> so, uh, some big leader somehow. <laughs> For some reason, this general keeps pushing her to uh, declare war on Draconia. I don't know. She's probably like a bureaucrat or something. <laughs> she's like, listen, man, this is above my pay grade. <laughs> the doctor points out that... Uh, the annoying ass sound that they hear was something that would make her see what she fears most or what everyone's fears most which i don't know kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense on a number of occasions like are you telling me that every single human's biggest fear is draconians and likewise every single draconian's biggest fear is humans there isn't one that like saw a clown or some shit <laughs> The other reason it feels like it doesn't work is because, is Joe's biggest fear seriously a drashig? The thing that dies if you wag your finger at it? Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I I genuinely found the Alaskan bullworm more <laughs> intimidating than the drashigs, but what do I know? Yeah, uh,
0: I thought that too. And I also thought, man, we do this a lot. We do a lot of the, uh, this thing shows you what you're truly afraid of, a lot in this doctor.
1: It happened in Mind of Fear, or Mind of Evil, rather. Did it happen another time?
0: I don't know. Maybe Mind of Evil just felt so long to me, it felt like multiple episodes. I'm thinking um, Chinese Ambassador Lady turning into the dragon. Right, that was in Mind of Evil. And then okay, and then Mind of Evil also has like the little robot thing that
1: can teleport around and murder people. Is that also yes, Mind of Evil? Yes, that is also Mind of oh. Evil. Okay, in my mind, those are two different things. <laughs> the fact that all of it is so disconnected and makes absolutely no sense is the main reason why Mind of Evil is currently <laughs> in my bottom five.
0: <laughs> all right, so yeah, so it's so disconnected in my mind. It actually just feels like different episodes. <laughs> it was just that one. Well, we've already done it, and I'm sick of it. Well, you 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 get one fearful hallucination per doctor <laughs>
1: beyond that it's just ridiculous about halfway through the episode i was thinking that i think this is going to be the good kind of political episode and for the most part it is mm-hmm. for the most part it's the good kind of political because there's definitely some like machinations and schemes being put into place which is appreciated I mean, very little bureaucracy but and I also have some complaints That we'll get to as we go along Yeah because
0: there's also just some stuff that's Kind of fucking pointless After the episode it's in
1: Yeah yeah. Okay I wrote a note that says This guy is frustrated by the bureaucratic nonsense In Doctor Who too. we'd get along I don't remember when specifically that would have happened
0: I could have been at literally any point With the two guys on the ship Yeah, Because they literally just complain The whole time about the government
1: yeah, because I think it was, like, some guy was, like, waiting for orders to fight back against the draconians. He's like, if we're waiting for orders, we're going to be here forever, and that will they will have already killed us by the time we get approved. I think something along those lines.
0: My favorite scene of this story is the, when the draconian ambassador is talking to the president of Earth, and he's just a smug fucking douchebag the whole time. And somehow relations are falling apart with this guy acting like this. Because he's like, you have been raiding our ships and we demand retribution for it. And she's like, where's your proof? She's like, and he goes, we don't need proof. Draconians never lie. Unlike humans who are lying about not attacking our ships.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, and uh, me, personally, immediately xenophobic vibes. I was like, this guy's head is too fucking phallic and he's got (laughs) weird bubbly skin. Can't fucking stand it. I'd hate them too.
1: (laughs) but like the draconians are cool though Uh, i like the draconians
0: Nah, they've got weird skin and they're douchebags see humans we're douchebags but we have smooth skin
1: i feel like you've even be you've even been racist against the aliens who like look human except they have big eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) oh your
0: eyebrows are wrong you're not
1: human Man, I'm I'm getting all mixed up as to what exact what exactly the order of operations was in this episode, but at one point, like the Doctor and Joe are captured by the human the human crew members, I think, because they look like Draconians to the humans, right? And then they're locked up, and the Doctor, you know, like does some sonic screwdriver bullshit, and uh, he manages to open the lock of their of their cell door. He opens the cell door, and then a crewman comes right around the corner and sees him, and the doctor says, Oh, how very embarrassing. Good afternoon. And then he closes the door. <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> then that's when the that's when yeah, okay, so they were thrown in prison by the humans, and then the Ogrons attack, making yeah. it seem like they were draconians. And uh, the Ogrons apparently, since the last time we saw them, learned how to curve the bullet. And by bullet I mean laser beam. 'Cause the doctor turns a corner and then the Ogron shoots and then the doctor reacts as if he'd just been shot. I'm like, <laughs> you did not have an angle on that, but okay, I'll uh, sure, why not? There was a <laughs> tiny little mirror out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> and like the doctor, you know, was shot and then collapsed on the ground, and then he wakes up a little bit later. And finds that Joe has been locked in the prison cell. But he was left outside. And I don't know why. Either they thought they killed the doctor. In which case they should have also killed Joe. Or they didn't think they killed him. In which case they should have locked him up too. I'm a little confused. They're humans. They're not that bad. Ogrons are stupid. Yeah. I guess that's the logic. Yeah. Yeah ogrons have have two brain cells and the two brain cells uh haven't spoken in years so <laughs> and then the human backup arrives and they are like what's going on here and the human crew members don't recognize the doctor and joe because they looked like draconians to them a couple minutes ago but then they say that they definitely remember them being stowaways and and they were sending messages to the Draconians, which makes them Draconian spies. Where, where did you find that conclusion exactly? Because that never happened. Is your biggest fear, um, actually like humans that are working for Draconians, or is he just like gaslighting himself? It kind of feels like gaslight, almost, because
0: there's no other implication. Where like the hypno sound, I think it's called, uh, sure. the machine there's no implication that actually alters your memories just your vision yeah so even at this point i was like this guy's just covering his ass he's like oh fuck uh these people are uh um draconian spies please don't fire
1: me (laughs) okay yeah i I buy that but then this episode concluded and i was i was digging it i was digging the story so far despite any complaints i've had so far It, it starts off on a small enough scale where you can actually kind of invest in what's happening
0: so many of these episodes just kind of like throw everything at you all at once
1: yeah yeah it leaves enough it leaves enough mystery Mm -hmm. this is unrelated and
0: maybe not the time to bring it up because we're only like one episode out of six in why is this episode called frontier in space i i predicted there would be some rootin tootin cowboy stuff with the word frontier And it actually does not really mention frontiering at all.
1: I feel like at one point during the story, someone said the phrase frontier in space, but like you kind of got a point. That is not the best title for this episode. If it were me,
0: uh, based on the naming conventions of the show, it would be Dr. Who and the Draconians.
1: Or, okay, first of all, there's been literally one episode (laughs) second of all even keeping the very regular the naming convention if they want it that badly i feel like fear in space would have been a cooler name yeah the fear in space but that's just me they didn't consult me for some reason maybe because my father was 23 at the time (laughs) so (laughs) wait no sorry this is early 73. He was 22 at the time. So for some reason, <laughs> I wasn't consulted at that time. Man, I am remember for the next episode of yours. Yeah, me too. Uh, episode 2, baby. Joe and the Doctor
0: are brought before the Earth and Draconian Ambassador and President. The Doctor insists that some third party is trying to get them to wage war on each other. though why is not entirely clear. General Williams has them locked up. The Draconians want to talk to the doctor, though, and break them out of prison in the least subtle way. Joe is left behind, and the doctor is interrogated by the, by the Draconians. When he escapes, he is recaptured by Earth forces, and Ogrens attack the jail. One of them bursts through the door and demands the doctor come with them.
1: It feels like this episode, more than most others, went a lot further back for the recap. Am I mm-hmm. crazy in thinking that?
0: No, like it, it was like three minutes back.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what episode it was, but remember the
0: story where the doctor has a fight scene with a master, and then the next episode
1: starts and does the whole fight yes. scene again? It's it's that long. Yeah, I was, I was thinking... this is Sea Devils, by the way. Yeah, I was trying to remember when this had happened before, and you're right, it was Sea Devils. I guess they really needed a lot of padding. They probably should have borrowed some from what is apparently Earth Soldier Standard Issue Armor, Because from what I can tell, this uniform is like if someone was trying to do a really bad Mega Man cosplay by just, like, wrapping pillows around their arms and legs, and then, like, took weird foam gears and, like, cut them in half and put them on your shoulders as pauldrons. God, I hope this isn't standard issue in the future. This is fucking stupid. (laughs) Listen, man, space is a scary place. You need to, you need to pad up. <laughs> Sometimes you need a pillow on hand just in case you need to take a nap nap. Listen, it's... You, you say
0: it's silly and it looks like they could take a nap in it. It's called multifunctional.
1: <laughs> but uh, the doctor and Joe were thrown in jail because obviously they're draconian spies. And Joe's trying to figure out, like, how exactly we're going to get out of here because that's what she does. And she... Says that, okay, I'll pretend to be sick, and then when the guard comes in, you attack him with some uh, Venusian karate, and the doctor says it'll never work. And I have no idea why he thinks that, because it has literally worked every time. <laughs> it always works, Doctor. Violence is always the answer. <laughs> it has literally only ever not worked once, and you weren't even there for it, because it was when Ian was on the boat in the Romans. that is the one and only time the sick man routine has not worked to my memory
0: i did think it was funny that they pointed out like we should do the sick man routine
1: and in my mind the doctor's just sick of it he's like "Ah, i'm tired of doing it (laughs) uh i mean it won't work i guess the recap took up too much time at the beginning because the editing is very choppy here but like mm-hmm. General R- Williams says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go find these prisoners on the ship, and then is instantly on the ship, meeting the doctor and Joe, and then he is instantly back in the president's office with the doctor and Joe. I'm like, I feel like he could have just had them brought in. Like he didn't need to have that weird whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and at this point, when the doctor and Joe are brought before the president to plead their case, Caleb is thinking that this must just be some sort of, I don't know, accountant. That they really trust. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like you know, paperwork. Should we fill out paperwork on these guys? <laughs> but you you seemed a bit confused in your uh, in your recap. So and when I wrote it, because I wrote, I actually wrote this one like the at the moment after I watched it, I called them both
0: advisors.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the Draconian ambassador. It is an ambassador, and who is also the the prince. The of prince. Draconian. That's right. Yeah. Because. Again, just like in all other sci-fi things, the planet is just one nation. <laughs> there is no multiple countries. It's why we have the the prince of, of all of Draconia and why we have a president of all of Earth. Still one of my biggest pet peeves in sci-fi.
0: Hey, listen, that's just the globalist vision. That's what they're trying to do, <laughs> Mac.
1: I guess... And that's- that's fine in episodes like this, where, like, it makes sense that Earth would have united when they went out into the stars. Like, that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is in episodes where, like, like, the doctor is like, Oh, yes, I've been here before. There are peaceful people. Really? You've been here the one time, and you met probably, like, one village tops, and you're gonna say the entire planet is peaceful? All right. That's when I start to get hung up. <laughs> it's also the reason why I liked Keys of Marinus so much, because it didn't it didn't do that. As far as I can tell, it's the only one that hasn't done that. God I like Keys of Marinus a lot. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to this episode. The Doctor and Joe were thrown back into prison cell. Get used to hearing that. Oh yeah. Um, and I do really like this scene where Joe is clearly like panicking because they're so far away from the TARDIS. It looks like they're going to be imprisoned at best executed at worst like she she is she is very scared and the doctor is like kind of being reassuring to her being like no 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 no. they're just gonna do a mind probe i've done a mind probe before it'll give you a headache afterwards but as long as you're telling the truth like it's fine don't worry and he like tells this amusing anecdote of the last time he was in he was in a mind probe and it was like he told the person who was interrogating him that he was off to see a parrot with a really long neck and a polka dotted hippopotamus and she was like well what did they do when they found out you were lying he's like oh i wasn't lying those were both the ambassadors to a a peace conference that i was going to (laughs) (laughs) oh doctor you're so whimsical it's one of those really good like funny concept visuals that they can't make actually happen on screen so we're just gonna have a talk about it (laughs) stay tuned
0: for the three-part novel series of the doctor seeing the polka-dotted hippopotamus
1: anytime he references something that he's done or someplace he's been and we haven't seen it on the show i'm assuming there's some book out there (laughs) i don't know if there is but i just i just assume (laughs) someone made it canon somewhere I also found General Williams' resemblance to Mr. Spock distracting. Pretty much every single scene he's in, I'm like, is that Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, I thought that <laughs> too, actually. Is this
0: a Star Trek crossover episode? That's why it's called Frontier in
1: Space. There actually is a um, a comic that is a crossover of Doctor Who and Star Trek, by the way. Hmm. It's... um. It's an episode where the Borg and the Cybermen team up. (laughs) (laughs) Two sci-fi franchises I'm very invested in. Uh, And then they're brought... Are they brought to the president again? See, okay, here. I'm going to go ahead and bring up my biggest complaint about the story and basically the reason it's not in my top five. It's very cyclical. Mm -hmm. Like, the Doctor and Joe will be brought towards somebody in authority... They will give their story about what happened. They will not be believed, and then they'll be brought back to a jail cell, at which point they will either be broken out of that jail cell by some other faction, at which point they will be put into a new jail cell, lather, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. It is true. It should have been called the jail (laughs) in (laughs) space. This one's the wheel in space. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) That's probably my biggest complaint in that, like, it kind of sets up and even does have a little bit of payoff of like the good kind of chess piece maneuvering politics, but it kind of gets weighed down a little bit in just how much the characters are thrown in a cell and then brought out and then thrown in another cell. Like Joe and the doctor do spend a lot of time behind locked doors. They really do. Like a majority of this story I would say is the doctor and Joe (laughs) being someone's captive and if if yeah. they're not if they're not being held captive they are in front of someone of, of authority giving their story and not being, being believed it's a vicious cycle man it's yeah it's rough like but other than that like everything that fills in the empty spaces between all that is really good it's just that that cycle takes up a lot of space but anyway i guess they were brought towards the president again And told to give uh, testimony again. And they give their honest testimony and they're not believed again. So they're brought back to their jail cell again. But this time, we get to watch the entire walk back to their jail cell. Which is good, because otherwise, how would we have known they were put into a jail cell? How
0: would we have known they were that far away? (laughs) Oddly, my biggest complaint about this episode is... In the scene, well, it's technically after the scene, but the Draconians are kind of scheming in their embassy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're like, we need to talk to the doctor. If only some brave Draconian in this room would break them out. Uh, But that would be very dangerous and bad. And if they were caught, we couldn't do anything to help them. But that person would be greatly rewarded for doing this very subtle thing that I'm trying not to say without saying And then that guy was like, yes, I understand the subtle plan. And then massacres all the human prison guards to break the
1: doctor out. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, it was so... Because, yeah, you're right. They were just, like, seeming and, like, talking in double entendres of of, we need to get them out of their prison. And then draconians attack the prison in such full force, I genuinely thought it was the Ogrons again. (laughs) I thought it was the Ogrons doing a full-on assault on the jail cell. That's what I thought was happening. I was like, I mean, the draconians wouldn't be this stupid after everything they just said they were going to do, right? They know that this (laughs) would cause an incident. That's why they weren't going to explicitly do this. Oh, never mind. I guess they are that stupid. Uh, I see they have the Caleb version of subtlety
0: (laughs) of uh, (laughs) you can't get caught if there are no witnesses to rat you out. (laughs) Or no survivors. Whatever it is.
1: I make the note that Draconians actually kind of feel again with a Star Trek. They actually do kind of feel like a Star Trek race, specifically like from what little I've seen of it. It seems very similar to um, Klingons in the Next Generation. They also remind me of Jim Carrey's Grinch. So yeah. there's some sort of horrific love child of Klingons and the Grinch, specifically <laughs> Jim Carrey's Grinch.
0: And Mac somehow doesn't want to be xenophobic
1: towards them. I mean, I watch that movie every year, so what What do I have to hate? <laughs> if anything, I love them more now. The Mind Probe, Caleb. It annoys me. <laughs> As just like, why would they bother doing any sort of interrogation without the Mind Probe? It seems like an obvious just first step. Yep. But also, as we'll learn in the next episode, it's very easy to break. <laughs> well, as we learn in the next episode, it doesn't fucking matter because, because it, it wasn't broken. It wasn't broken. That was the problem. Like, he just didn't believe him. The doctor mm-hmm. wasn't saying what he wanted the doctor to say, but the mind probe was saying that he was telling the truth. And he's like, I don't believe it. If you don't believe it, then why, are, why even bother using the mind probe at all? Why bother with interrogations? If you've already decided this guy's a spy, regardless of what he says, then just try him as a spy. If you're going to be unjust and unfair, go all the way. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm just saying, like, don't uh, make a big show of being evil. Just fucking do it. (laughs) Either be a fascist tyranny or don't. This half-assed shit is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) anyway, Mac wishes the show was more fascist, but (laughs) someone clipped that. And then the, you know, they hear the high pitched uh, noise again, and it makes people hallucinate that their draconians are attacking the jail cell. uh, You know, unlike the last time they did, like they actually have like reason to believe that these (laughs) draconians. And it makes me wonder, does the high pitched noise also affect camera footage? Because if it doesn't, they're fucked. Like, anybody who looks at the camera footage should be able to see those are Ogrons, not draconians.
0: Except there are no cameras in the future, Mac.
1: Except when there's one in the next couple episodes. Yeah, except for that one. Except for the one that's super, super fucking important to the plot.
0: But other than that, no cameras. (laughs) Cameras are unnecessary in the crime-free future. That's why the prison is so small. (laughs) That's why the prison <laughs> is in
1: space. <laughs> because they don't have funding.
0: I got nothing else about this episode. The Ogrens aug- the attack, but it feels weird because the Draconians already did that. Yeah. Episode three. Episode three. <laughs> Two raids in one day has the Earth people pissed, and General Williams convinces the president to let him attack the Draconians. The doctor is interrogated with a mind probe, but he is so condescending during it, they just decide to ship him to the moon. There, he meets Professor Dale, the leader of the Peace Party. On Earth, the Master is disguised as a commissioner, and Joe instantly figures out he's the one commanding the Ogrens. Dale creates a plan for he and the Doctor to escape. However, when they're in the airlock prepping to leave the station, they are betrayed and
1: left in the room without oxygen. Yeah, so this episode can basically be skipped. Yep, totally fucking pointless. Basically, the entire part where the Doctor is in the space prison unimportant at all to the plot
0: yeah uh the best part is like whenever everyone's typing up they're like oh no one escapes the moon except the doctor when he escapes in one episode
1: he's there with a bunch of other political prisoners and they keep bringing up like the peace party that he's that they're all a part of and i'm like great are you gonna do anything that's plot relevant no okay that's because the peace party is actually
0: just a prison gang <laughs> they, have to, <laughs> they, have, they have to get tattoos <laughs> It's a it's a peace sign smoking a blunt.
1: <laughs> it looks really cool. <laughs> Anyways, this episode's fucking pointless. This episode's <laughs> fucking pointless. Like seriously, you can go from the doctor being in prison. Doesn't matter what. Pick one of the times he's in prison to the master arriving to get him out of prison and into his prison and lose nothing. Like this. Yep, honestly, these first
0: two episodes could have basically... Or, like, these two episodes, the two and three, could have been cut entirely. Because it literally could have been, Oh, hey, you guys are draconian spies. We're going to take you to the commissioner.
1: There was a a line that actually made made me mad. (laughs) 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 Because this was before he was sent to the moon. This was when he was in prison before that. And the doctor's plan is basically to just wait and see. Because they can't really do anything from inside this prison cell. And Joe says, So we just sit around here waiting for those jolly old Ogrons to show up again. Is that it? <sighs> if one of your lines of dialogue is, We're just going to sit here and do nothing, <laughs> fucking rewrite your script. It's so that they do don't have else. to sit around do nothing. This is not waiting for fucking Godot. Okay? This is Doctor Who. Shut up and do something. It <laughs> actually made me mad. Like, when she said that out loud, I was Mac, like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> and then, you know, what is this, the fourth or fifth time the doctor has been brought in front of the president to be interviewed? This is when he's informed that he's being sent up to the moon. And General Williams says, yes, we're putting you where your draconian friends will be unable to reach you. I'm like, yes, because the moon is definitely out of reach of these space traveling creatures. Yes, there's no way they'll be able to reach the moon. (laughs) He gets to the prison and the warden's... Uniform looks exactly like the prisoner uniform, only it's a slightly different shade of blue. Why? Why do you look exactly like all of the other prisoners? They're trying to the Stockholm Syndrome then. See, I'm, I'm just one of you guys. <laughs> I'm just one of you guys. Also, I will be beating you later today. <laughs> and then uh, the master showed up and I was like, ah, the master. I thought I smelled the familiar stints of convolution. <laughs>
0: You're like things were getting confusing. The master's gonna show up any moment. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, we should have known the moment we had the moment someone was referenced who had a vague title of authority that sounded better than everyone else. We're like that's the master. Honestly, the commissioner was a very subtle name for him. Yeah, he really
1: should have been. <laughs> he should have been uh, called, <laughs> called Commissioner the Master. <laughs> like ah yes mr the master oh please mr the master was my father you can just call me the master (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah this episode was skippable
0: and i'm ready to move on i'm ready to move on too again we have to point out that the master has been established as a master of disguise has not actually done a disguise
1: since i think terror of the autons well there was the sea devil's Where he put a disguise on someone else, does that count? He does use a disguise, but the disguise is a mask of him, which again sounds stupid when said in a vacuum. But it has worked twice, so (laughs) like it's kind of hard to argue with him when it like it has a one hundred percent positive result. I'm just saying, anyone going through the master's bags would think
0: he's a serial killer. all these fake ids for fake positions uh, massive long journals about how smart and brilliant he is and then the best part a huge duffel bag of masks of himself
1: and again in their defense if they went through all of his belongings and thought he was a serial killer they'd be correct (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes,
0: I mean, mass murderer, serial killer, these are just words.
1: Serial killers have that personal touch. Mass murderers are more, they, they more deal in statistics than anything else. <laughs> All right, I'm
0: reading episode four. This episode's pointless. It is, let's go. It is, it is literally not worth getting into. <laughs> episode four, the master arrives and saves the doctor. In return, he takes control of his imprisonment and puts him in a cell with Joe. He reveals that his employers are very interested in the Doctor, and they set course for the Ogren homeworld. Joe talks incessantly for five minutes straight, so the Doctor can sneak out of the ship and make his way towards the Master. The two fight just as the Draconians arrive. They capture everyone and tell them all peace conversations have ended, and they will go to speak with the Emperor. There was kind
1: of a one of those um, definitely unintended funny moments, uh, because, you know, The doctor and the professor, who I don't even think we've mentioned because he's literally unimportant, are stuck in this airlock and the and the oxygen is being let out. And the professor's like shouting for help. And then the doctor and their oxygen tanks are empty. And um, the doctor says, professor, don't shout. You'll only waste oxygen. And then he takes one of the oxygen tanks and just starts banging on the door with (laughs) which I don't think was supposed to be funny but it was (laughs) it's kind of like in spongebob it's like spongebob we're not animals we have technology (laughs) and then the master has about three different opportunities over the course of this story to kill the doctor and just chooses not to like the master turns up the knob so that the oxygen will go back into the airlock and so that the doctor will be brought into his custody. Alternatively, Master, you could just not do that and just let him die.
0: Throwing that out there. <laughs> the, the reason I thought it was fine is because doesn't he say that his he's been hired to capture the doctor? Yeah, but that's just his cover story. Is that his cover story or was that actually happening because of certain
1: revelations in the last episode? No he because the master comes in with like a whole bunch of um made up charges for the doctor so that he could be brought into his custody like the doctor hasn't actually committed any crimes well yeah he hasn't committed any crimes
0: but i the way i interpret it was certain factions that
1: appear in the last story hired the master to get the doctor but see la- later on the only reasoning he really seems to have for keeping the master the doctor alive is so that the doctor will be alive to see humanity and draconia tear each other to shreds and then he'll kill the doctor i'm like or you can just kill him like come on there's there's several times throughout this story he's a man of theatrics he i mean that ain't that the truth but there are several times throughout the story i'm like you could have won if you just did nothing <laughs>
0: it is true. is it is it in this story or is it in is it in this episode or the next episode where he's like uh oh, but killing him so far away it just seems so impersonal if just, i'm gonna kill him
1: i want to watch it happen i think he says that in the next one but yeah he does say that and just like but then he does attack the ship in that impersonal way like do you want him dead or not i feel like Listen, Mac, he he just has all these feelings and he just doesn't understand them, okay? Like a boy pulling on a girl's pigtails at recess. He just doesn't know how to express these feelings he has. I look at the doctor and he makes
0: me feel weird and confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I want to just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill him because he keeps making me feel these emotions.
0: Yeah, I'm totally on board with the ship of like, oh yeah, they're gay for each other. I mean, yeah, so obviously. That, 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 they obviously have to are. be.
1: you know what's strange I guess spoilers I guess it's not a spoiler on one end it might be a spoiler on another any time that the doctor and the master are in incarnations of themselves in which it ends up causing like a a heterosexual pairing I don't buy it it's (laughs) only when it's gay do I ever buy (laughs) that the doctor and master are into each other (laughs) oh yeah and so as I, as I said, the the Master is pinning some fake crimes on the Doctor so that he can be brought into uh, his custody to be brought back to this whatever colony. Colony number four, whatever its name is. And he pins a whole bunch of crimes. He just lists them, and is, and it's basically like stealing a spaceship, tax fraud, tax evasion. like. Grand theft auto and tax fraud are basically the biggest crimes that he's being pinned on. I'm like, come on, that's boring. Throw some murders in there, kidnappings. If you're going to make him look like a criminal, don't half-ass it. I mean, high treason. He got people murdered at the prison. (laughs) Something. And so, yeah, the doctor and Joe are now in the master's custody because... Fuck it, let's throw a third jail cell in here. No, fourth, sorry. They're, like, trying to talk while the doctor is, like, doing, like, a garrote wire kind of thing on the jail cell door to try and escape. And it's it's fine, except that Joe keeps, like, talking to the master later, like, through the, oh my god, a video camera. And I'm just saying, like, if your plan is to just, like, do a whole bunch of incoherent, babbling whatever so basically causing the master to turn the volume down don't like address the master don't talk about the master in your plan to distract him because nothing will make the master pay attention to you more than being able to hear about himself (laughs) good point my big complaint by is it's not so
0: much the logic of the plan i love the logic of the plan of like joe talking incessantly and that makes the master like turn the volume down and stop paying attention love that plan
1: hated watching the full-on execution of it that being said i do appreciate that she took this opportunity to just bitch about her job though <laughs> yeah. She's like, I've been trained to be a spy. I am a master of escapology And yet, for some reason, every single time I'm uh around the unit soldiers, I'm asked to get coffee. I'm asked to fill out paperwork. This is not what I was trained to do. <laughs> like I, I do appreciate the fact that Joe got a chance to just kind of air out some grievances. <laughs> Yeah, this whole part was unscripted. <laughs> I I choose to believe it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, but the biggest complaint is god, it it is. It's like five minutes of just listening to Joe ramble. Which is fine. And again, there are there are some gem moments of it, but oh my god. <laughs> I, I halfway through it I was like, Okay, I get it. Joe was gonna talk and distract the master. Cut forward like three or four minutes, please. <laughs> and then there's a point where like the Master does, like, a fucking, I don't know, Tokyo Drift in the spaceship and seemingly knocks the Doctor off the side of the ship.
1: Yeah. The doctor's like, drifts away from the ship while he's, like, trying to, like, climb on the outside of it to get into a different port. Like, that was his plan. The Master takes off, and then the Doctor is, like, still floating next to it. I'm like, no, he should be several light years away now. And the Doctor is apparently still floating outside the ship, and just kind of, like, lets out a little bit of air from his tank and just kind of, like, drifts over to the the ship and grabs back on. I'm like, I'm no science guy, but I'm pretty sure that's not right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when the master said the doctor should be thousands of miles away, he was correct.
1: <laughs> that is some intensely pressurized oxygen tanks. And then the draconians attack... Now the Dr. Joe and the Master are all thrown into prison to be brought forward to a person of authority to plead their case. Woo! Woo! Hoo boy! Hoo boy, it's okay, there's only two episodes left. I wonder if the person of authority will believe them this time. I mean, technically he does, but, like, it takes a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it takes basically the whole episode to convince him. Alright, I'm gonna read this, episode 5. The Doctor is brought to the Emperor and all the Draconians argue about what to do with them. The Doctor says he has an honorary title from the 15th Emperor, a man who lived nearly 300 years ago. Everyone is really sexist to Joe, for literally no reason. The Ogrens arrive to save the Master, but they look like humans to the Draconians. Just as the Emperor is about to declare war on humanity, the Doctor begs him to wait and look at one of the human corpses. The Emperor notices it's actually an Ogren corpse and changes his mind. The Doctor explains the Ogryns possess a device that alters their vision to show the thing they fear the most. However, Joe is taken by the Ogryns. The humans and Draconians resolve their
1: differences and agree to help the Doctor retrieve Joe. The group is brought before the Draconian Emperor, and the Doctor is giving like his full explanation of everything that's going on just in case you weren't paying attention the past four episodes and um the master is doing a surprising amount of shutting the fuck up while the doctor is giving away all of his evil schemes yes he tries to
0: play it cool which is really weird he's like now see like these are no these are my prisoners don't listen to them
1: yeah but like and he is like that it's like you can't believe a single word they're saying they're they are major criminals for the colony but like he does let the doctor do the explaining first and he like doesn't interrupt him. I'm like weird. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jim mentions that humans are seeing draconians uh, and draconians are seeing humans. And then the prince is like females are not permitted to speak in the presence of the emperor. One, you are a reptilian race. There should be little to no difference between the genders of your people Two, the leader of the people you are allied with is a woman. Do you still claim the same when she's talking? Three, Joe's claims about the humans seeing draconians is still valid, regardless of who it is the one who said it out loud. Four, shut the fuck
0: up. I'm just saying, Mac. They've got a terrible skincare routine. <laughs> they have gross-shaped heads. They're sexist. Just get rid of them. Just let me kill them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then, you know, the Ogrons pretending to be humans attack the throne room and then like there's this huge battle and then the master orders the Ogrons to fall back and and escape and i'm like dude you were fucking winning why (laughs) why did you order these people to fall back that just makes you look guilty especially since you left one of the bodies behind you know we only have the master's word for it that he's a genius he might be really stupid. <laughs> he might actually be an idiot. He just has the goatee, and he's like, well, I have no choice to be, but to be an evil mastermind now. What other careers are in front of me with this type of facial hair? I mean, really. He's got big mega mind vibes. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I, love when, I love it when my notes just make me make me laugh. I say it's a little bizarre that the sound makes them see the thing they fear most, and all they see is Earthmen and Draconians, and not, say, their third grade teacher, Mrs. Cratchit, with the ruler, or rushing water, or a guy holding up your student loans. <laughs> <laughs> no!
0: My favorite part of the next two episodes is just <laughs> the master dealing with how dumb the Ogrens are. Yeah, yeah. Every time they come in the room and say anything, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) These fucking guys.
1: I was given a budget of, like, $50 to hire an entire platoon. And they really, it really is a you-get-what-you-pay-for type situation.
0: Because your complaint of, like, they leave the body behind. I think think they have the whole scene of, they're like, oh, we got away, but we lost the guy. And he's like, oh, you got the body, though, right? And they're like, no. He's like... You
1: left the body, the one that doesn't look like the thing that is... (laughs) Yeah, and then he just, like, starts shouting at them and smacking them, yeah. Then there are other moments where it almost seems like the Ogrons are smarter than the Master. Because, like, at this point, they've realized, like, the Emperor is like, oh, we've been had. Okay, we're gonna send this small team. So they're going into Earth space, and uh, they send... You know, a small squad, which is the Doctor, the Draconian Prince, and, like, a couple of other Draconians. The Master and his ship find the Doctor and his ship, and they start following him. And the Master says, It must be the Doctor. No other ship would be on course for Earth at a time like this. And then the Ogron says, But we're on a course to Earth! <laughs> <laughs> and then the Master, right. ju- Master just uh, says other than us, you idiot, and, like, smacks him. And I'm like, okay, but, like, he has a point, though. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like, the creature with one dusty brain cell has a point. Earth is the heart of the human empire. Why the fuck wouldn't ships be going to and from there? What are you talking about? And then, the the master's radios the doctor's ship, and apparently the doctor doesn't recognize the master's voice at this point, and they get close enough to start firing, and... Okay, okay, yes, 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 Okay, so they were heading for Earth because they wanted to explain explain the situation and so they would be able to, like, join together to try and stop the Master. That's what it was. Because they go to Earth, they're talking with the President and General Williams, trying to explain what has been happening, and, um, and Williams says that he's never trusted the draconians because when he first met them they came upon him in like a battle cruiser and the draconian prince was like yeah i know and then you attacked us prematurely he's like of course i did because you were approaching with a battle cruiser why wouldn't i and it's like, yeah, it was a battle cruiser because it was the only ship within proximity to where you were broken down that could help. Also, we disabled all of our weapons specifically so that we would not seem aggressive, and you attacked us anyway. And like General Williams was like, Oh my god, I've been wrong this whole time. I'll join up with you to help. And I'm like that happened 20 years ago, apparently. Was this never once explained to him? It feels like that would have been brought up at some point. But it was Williams' big, am I the asshole moment? Are we the baddies? <laughs> the more I'm talking about this episode, this keeps happening. The more I'm talking about this episode, the less I like it. Um, <laughs> we cut over to uh, the master with Joe as as hostage, I don't remember when specifically she got hostage, but yeah, she was, she was held hostage at some point. And then the master tries to like control her mind. Like, I'm going to use you to, to get to the doctor, which like he did once in Terror of the Autons. And it feels weird that he never tried to do that again. It seems like an obvious tactic. Anyway, he tries to control her mind and then she just does nothing but constantly starts spewing out nursery rhymes because she says that uh, it's a trick she learned, where if you just fill your head with nonsense, it helps you push out any other hypnotic suggestions. It makes it more difficult for it to get a hold. And I kind of love that. I love that she has a means of counteracting the master's hypnosis. That being said, he was stopped by Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yep. That
0: <laughs> 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 was because uh, the spread of my critique too, I, like, I kind of love the idea of like, Joe having some sort of like mental counter to the hypnotizing thing. The master's big thing being thwarted
1: by nursery rhymes makes him look really pathetic. (laughs) It, It does. And then the episode ends with he's like, well, I guess since that's not going to work, let's try a different tactic. And he has like the device that causes the fear, but like in a more controlled, concentrated method. And he like pushes the button. He Actually, he doesn't push the button. He just kind of, like, holds it up, and she, like, looks scared at it. And it feels like an odd place at the end of the episode. It feels like he needed to actually activate the device before the credits started rolling. I don't know. I eh, just mean Nah, the, the little stick, the little flashlight's scary enough. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Episode 6. Let's finish it. Let's wrap her up. The master tries to hypnotize Joe, but she fends it off with nursery rhymes. Seems way less effective now. She then sneaks out of her cell and sends out a distress signal so the Doctor can find her. The humans arrive and start shooting all the Ogrins. However, the Master has one last trick up his sleeve. The Daleks. He wants the Daleks to destroy Earth and he will rule what remains. Classic Master. The Doctor is briefly captured but uses a stolen Hypnosound to escape with Joe. However, he's hit by a stray shot and all hell breaks loose. In the chaos, Joe helps him into the TARDIS and the two can escape at last. However, the Doctor, now weakened,
1: uses what's left of his strength to send a message to the Time Lords. Which seems a little excessive to me, but whatever. So yeah, the Master activates the fear machine. And she, uh... Okay, so the fears that she sees are really fucking weird. Because the first one is one of the mutants from The Mutants. I'm like, but they're peaceful race why are you scared of that because
0: they're gross and weird and then
1: the next one is a Dreshig, and i'm like why are you scared of that it goes down if you show it a picture of a bullet and then the third one is a sea devil and i'm like okay yeah that's pretty intimidating i'll, I'll give you that one that's one's fine they look scary <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize it at first. I was like, is that a goblin? When <laughs> when
0: did, when did we have goblins on this show?
1: We cut over to Earth and we just see like a news broadcast that's just like a Future Fox News correspondent. <laughs> like Future Alex Jones from raging about the draconians. And like that's that's the only note I had. It was like Future Fox News correspondent. They're turning the freaking sounds gay. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need to, I need to gather my thoughts for how stupid this next part is. Okay. I, I just love watching you process things. <laughs> okay, so Joe is brought food, and part of her meal includes a big old spoon because she's gotten like stew or whatever, and she has an idea. She like starts digging. In her jail cell, which is like, is that is this the fifth or sixth jail cell that they've been in? Uh, they've been in one every episode, yeah. so six. Sure. She starts digging at the at the foot of her jail door, jail cell door. I'm like, she's just straight up jaw it, and then it cuts over to a uh, part with the doctor, the prince, and Williams, and I don't really remember what it is, what what that happens, but like. I think there's like a a part of the ship that's malfunctioning and the doctor has to go outside and fix it and it's very boring and whatever. And then it cuts back and fuck, she works fast because she has now officially dug a giant hole underneath her jail cell and then come out the other side. The spoons made of adamantine. I guess. And then Joe sneaks through the master's base, finds a radio, and she like sends out coordinates like her, her coordinates so that um, anybody who can hear will be able to rescue her the doctor <laughs> sorry the master then comes by and he says that he wanted her to break out of her jail cell so that she could activate the radio because what she doesn't know is is that the radio is actually fairly short range and will only be able to activate if the ship in question is just outside of this planet's atmosphere. And the only person that would be there would be the doctor. So thank you very much for showing him where I am so that he can fall into my trap. Okay, so... The Master apparently left the coordinates just lying around for Joe to find on purpose so she could send out the message. The only ship within range to hear it is the one that the Doctor has, and the Master apparently planned for that. But if the only one that would be able to hear it is the Doctor's ship that is already at the planet's orbit, they already know where you are. And if the Master wanted joe to find the coordinates and send out the signal why did he lock her up in the first place did he expect her to shawshank it was that part of his plan because this all really stinks of i yes i meant for you to do that It, it was it was my way of sending a calling card.
0: <laughs> like, I know I say it every episode. <laughs> but Mac, the masters doing 4D chess, you
1: can't e- you chess, you can't even comprehend. I'm officially flipping the 4D chessboard, okay? It's <laughs> stupid. Why did we put it into four dimensions in the first place? This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make sense anymore.
0: I move up on and it ends up on the ceiling.
1: Chess is a two-dimensional game. It didn't even need the third dimension. <laughs> <laughs> and And then the master reveals, like, his squad of Daleks flanking him, right?
0: Including the pimped-out golden
1: one. Yeah, it feels like the Dalek reveal should have happened last episode. Because, like... I asked, I asked the question in my notes, what are they even going to do with them with so little time left? The answer was nothing. Because it was basically just like a teaser for the next story. Spoiler alert, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of how I took it. I was like, well, like, they've got a whole story explaining their thing. So I kind of took it as like, oh, wow, cool. I was like, look at my Daleks. Look at all four of them. We have four working Daleks. So... I didn't mind the reveal quite as much just because, uh, once I saw the episode title, (laughs) uh, like, once the credits rolled out and went, uh, Planet of the Dogs, I was like, oh, that's why. They also don't really do anything. They're literally just in this scene and then the doctor does his one shenanigan and that's the only
1: Daleks we see the whole episode. Yeah, and the Daleks are like, alright, here's the doctor, dead to rights, perfect, let's execute him right fucking now before he does the kind of shit he usually does. And the master is like, no, no, please allow me to keep him as a prisoner. And this is when he says that he wants the doctor to see humans and Draconia ripping each other apart, even though both people know that they've been had at this point, And so that war is not going to happen. But I'm like, master, why? why, why, why are you, why are you keeping him prisoner? Like he literally always escapes. Like he's escaped, I've lost track of how many times he's been captured by how many groups. Like, have you had him captured twice? Because he's definitely broken out both times, if you have. My point is that if you leave him alive, he's going to do some shit. Just fucking kill him. But
0: every time he escapes, the sexual tension (laughs) ramps up a little bit. And my tight black
1: suit just gets a little bit tighter.
0: And I like a snug fit. (laughs)
1: Okay, so he's been apparently working with the Daleks in order to cause this, this war to happen. And now he's like... And once they realize how much I've helped them, they will, I'm sure they'll allow me to control Earth. And I'm like, "One, why do you care? Why, why Earth? Why do you want Earth? It's a, it's a fucking mudball. Like, why do you want Earth? <laughs> Second of all, this seems like a whole lot of uh, ifs and maybes. My dude, the terms of cooperation are usually established at the beginning of a partnership, not kind of hoping for it at the end of it. He just thinks the, doc- the Daleks are really nice. Yeah, I know. They're, ve- they're very helpful.
0: They're the most grateful race we've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So much gratitude, the Daleks. <laughs> Known for it. In fact. Yeah, that's. That, if I had to pick one character trait that the Daleks have, it's gratitude. <laughs> Stay tuned for a quick trip to Space and Time merch. Our Kill Him With Kindness Dalek shirt. And then the Doctor, shocker. Uh, escapes. My god. I know. How does this episode end? Like, what's going on? Like, they escape, and it feels like... I feel like I remember, like, things crumbling around, and, like, they have to get to the TARDIS fast, but... I don't remember what... Maybe I'm just completely making that up. So, what happens
0: is they get put in a cell. Uh, The doctor reverses the polarity on the thing. <laughs> and instead of making... Everyone else see Fearful Thing. Like, the user appears to be that thing, and it looks like the Dalek and scares an autogran. Gets out. <gasps> There's some shooty-shooty bang-bangs. The Doctor gets shot, and Joe basically has to
1: drag him to the TARDIS. Right. That would explain one of my notes that says, Oh, no, the Doctor's that." No, he's not. Never mind. Yep. Right. And then he gets dragged to the TARDIS, and then he sends a message to the Time Lords, which... Like, you just broke away from that, those assholes. I don't really know why you're sending a message. This is not a, a Time Lord-type scenario right now. I feel like we, we need to take a couple more steps. This isn't even the most intimidating the Daleks have been. I'm not entirely sure why you're bringing the Time Lords into this. Maybe he just thinks the Masters and the Daleks working together is too bad of a combo, but also
0: he handles both fine.
1: <laughs> yeah... I don't think it's as big of a combo as the doctor is implying it is. I agree. It it doesn't seem as big. Not
0: big enough. It is not... This is not a war games scenario. Mm -mm, This is
1: not a... I have literally no choice. There's actually literally no way I can win this. Yeah. Especially since, like, both the humans and the draconians at this point know that they've been had. There's not going to be a war between the two. They know that the master has been deceiving them. And at this point, Williams and the prince both know that the Daleks are behind this. The humans and the draconians are going to have a united front against the Daleks. If that, if any sort of war does happen, it's going to be an alliance between those two races versus the Daleks. The doctor does not to bring, need to bring in the time Lords. Like this situation is well in hand at this point. Like he can leave, he can get in the TARDIS and leave at this point because like he's done, but yeah, yeah, um i'm confused especially considering uh
0: he doesn't need to do anything he just needs to leave once he leaves everything's solved (laughs) yeah in theory i kind of like the idea of it not being totally resolved and like the conflict of this one kind of rolling into the next story yeah in theory i like that idea but yeah it's
1: it's not the best but yeah that's that's frontier in space shall i do trivia yeah do trivia okay so Uh, The original script actually had the Cybermen teaming up with the Master instead of the Daleks. I don't know if that would be better or worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so the end of the story ends with a cliffhanger that goes into the next story. Uh, Spoiler the next story is a Dalek episode. And uh, this story was originally going to be a (laughs) 12-parter. But um, they were like, you know what? Decades into the future... A guy named Caleb would be really, really pissed about that. Exceedingly. Let's just make them two separate six-parters instead. (laughs) (laughs) So much better. Uh, John Pertwee lists the Draconians as his favorite monsters due to how expressive they were. He said it made it a lot more fun for him to act opposite of them. As opposed to, say, his least favorite aliens, which were the Daleks. (laughs) Which he also had to deal with in this story. And then... Uh, here's a uh, piece of trivia that seems like what would normally go in post, in my low, low post view trivia notes, but again, it would have been a bit of a downer, so I'm leaving it towards the end. This is the final appearance of Roger Delgado as the master, uh, because while Roger Delgado was filming an unrelated movie during a scene where he was in a um, a car ride they got into a car wreck and Roger Delgado passed away on set oof yeah so he's obviously not going to reprise his role of the master after that um so not only is this the last appearance of Roger Delgado as the master it's also going to be a hot fucking minute before we see the master again at all because they were like it feels like in really poor taste to just immediately recast the man after he just died So, let's give it a second to cool off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Probably a good call. Yeah. That's what I got for trivia. So, final thoughts. I will say that I did drop it down a spot in my ranking. I was kind of expecting it to go up in ranking as we talked about it. It went down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because it had a really promising start, but then it just becomes really repetitive and full of cyclical conversations and i was really bored in a lot of parts
0: yeah i agree um it's probably it's still one of the better episodes i think but i do view it a little less favorably i think moment to moment watching it it's pretty engaging but as you kind of look back you're like oh yeah they are kind of just in prison the whole time
1: yeah and it's it's like i said earlier like they have you know just the lather rinse repeat of the doctor in a cell and then talking to a person of authority and then not believing him and then being put into a new cell but like again everything other than that is really good Mm -hmm. uh it's got a lot of good humor uh it's got good politics and for this being roger delgado's last episode could have done a lot worse as a final as a final master episode it's definitely one of the better master episodes yeah because you could definitely feel the tension between the two races, the two civilizations, which was very nice. I'm kind of curious to see what specifically we're going to be focusing on in the next story. Because this kind of goes straight into the next one. Because, you know, it was originally supposed to be a 12-parter. So it should basically be, like, almost like a two-parter kind of thing. Like a part one, part two. yeah. I'm not sure if I want to say that I'm excited for the next episode, but I'm definitely morbidly curious about the next episode.
0: Yeah, morbidly curious. That's a good term. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about us. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcasts things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcasts. You can also check out Mac's
1: YouTube channel, Mac the Ma, where they do insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we watch, I'm very excited for this, we watch the first episode written by Terry Nation since the good half of the Dalek Master Plan in Planet of the Daleks. Woo! low-key cat do you do you want to be part of the podcast too hmm. do you want to do you want yes. to be part of the podcast do you have opinions on doctor who okay <laughs>